Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelley Carney. And I'm Toby Yunus. Let me take care of some quick housekeeping there. Make sure that before you leave today, you like our video, YouTube likes it when you like our video. Share with your family, friends, neighbors, business associates, the entirety of your social network. That way we can grow the channel. And finally, if you are not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to subscribe. All right. And something I wanted to mention is I have a brand new course out this week. And I have a special deal on this course. So maybe you need it. It's uh, part of the content consistency framework and schedule in that the course fully explains how to implement those tools and then create uh, create publish and distribute your content every week consistently. And that's what the course is. And you can find it at course.agkmedia.studio. And if you type in the code AGK Saver, S-A-V-E-R, uh, all in caps, you can get that course for free. So you just type that into the coupon code box at the checkout page. And if you go down to the very bottom, there's a banner that shows the name of the course and the um, the coupon code at the very bottom of the banners. There you go. Click. <laughs> to teach Toby how to use the computer here. How to create, publish, and distribute content consistently course-free with coupon code AGK Saver. So that will also be in the description box. Check that out. It's a wonderful little course. It, uh, it will take you no more than an hour to finish the course and to get started live streaming. So what else have we got for today? Don't forget, Super Chat Light is lit. That means if you go down to the bottom of the chat window, you'll see a dollar sign there. Click on that dollar sign. The good folks at YouTube will walk you through making a little contribution to our project. If you're watching this after the live stream, look at the bottom of the window, uh, of the video window, and you'll see a little heart uh, below it with a dollar sign in it, no less, and it has the same effect. Cool. So let's get into our training, our talk today. Our talk today is about... Um, a benchmark report that was put out about video in business in 2022. And we're going to share with you our key takeaways, our conclusions, and our recommendations. But first, Toby wants to tell you a little bit about the company that put this research together. So I, I wanted to make clear that this research, research report was uh, sponsored by a company called Vidyard. Uh, and I started thinking about it. I wonder if they're somehow related to StreamYard uh, because they have like StreamYard is our live casting thing. This is their video production thing. I, I don't know if that's true, but I will find out. Um, and Vidyard is a company that provides an online cloud service for building uh, videos that are user generated. So for example, if you go to Shelly's uh, course, and you take a look at her course, you'll see that she has several user generated videos. What did you want to show that on screen? I, I'm, you know what? Does I think I know what we're talking about. I think I do. Let me, uh, let me just take, click add to stream. There we go. Yeah, see, this is good that you're here to tell I me know, how to do, tell you how to do this. I thought you knew, yeah. but you know, that's okay. Um, so, uh, Vidyard's business is a cloud-based business where they provide you the tools necessary to make what are called user-generated videos. That means, uh, either a screen cap kind of video or a screen cap with your image on it. And the place that they're being used, uh, significantly now is by sales organizations because sales organizations learn that over the pandemic, you don't necessarily, users, their buyers are willing to accept the fact that the salesperson can necessarily make the trip out there. Well, one of the big users of this type of technology, user-generated videos, so you can reach out to your clients, is my daughter, Toby Renee, who works for a company called Monday.com. She works from her home in Alexandria, Virginia, and she has clients all over the world. 
and a lot of the communications with these clients are through these Vidyard style based user generated videos, as opposed to, and you'll hear the distinction made in our presentation, as opposed to what are referred to as produced videos, meaning something that you produce in advance and then you use it as a promotional tool, right? User generated means you have direct involvement. So Vidyard is not a sponsor. They didn't ask us to do this presentation. Um, we use the basis of their research to come to some findings, conclusions, and recommendations. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to here. All right. Now I've checked out Vidyard as a product and basically you can make a video, but you can't download it. It's somewhere in the cloud. And then you would just send the link to your client. Um, I think there's an, even a way to embed it uh, the video itself into an email right. so that they could open up the email and then just click play and, and then watch that video. And they might be doing that for several reasons. It could be anywhere along the customer journey. Uh, they might be answering questions to help the person make a good decision. Um, you know, they might be, you know, just doing back and forth with the client, uh, presenting some feature of their product that, uh, would would solve a problem for the client. So something like that is uh, the basis for what this is about. And the concept of communicating through video is not a new idea. Um, we used to use a product called BombBomb, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. And the idea was for you to produce a user-generated video, put it in an email and send it to your client. This one is a little bit more clean because it's not you dealing with a video that's coming from your desktop. It's dealing with a video that's in the cloud. So that makes it a lot easier if you're emailing it because the email applications won't have as easy a time with, um, with uh, a video that's inside the email versus a link and a picture directing them to a video. So uh, that's how it becomes um, so important and such a useful tool. So was 2020 the high water mark for video? So the, the question, it's an open-ended question. Was it the high water mark for video? And the reason that question is even asked was uh, is because the pandemic ended. And we knew that started. video, uh, I'm sorry. It started in 2020. I, I'm sorry. Uh, the Well, the pandemic was driving what people were doing in terms of communicating with their clients. And again, this refers to, it should say, user-generated video in this. Uh, we saw it increase in 2021. And as you'll see in the statistics that we presented, start, it increased again in 2022. So it wasn't the high water mark. It wasn't people going like, um, I'm not going to use this video because I don't have, I can travel with a pandemic. The reality is their customers got very used to the idea that remote selling was a credible way to sell. Uh, and it was a credible way to buy. And that way you didn't have to travel. I didn't have to travel, you know. Not only that, but uh, with a Zoom call where everybody has to be in the same, you know, space at the same time, even though it's online, you have to be there at the same time that everybody else is with these types of videos. It's just in your inbox. And when you have a moment to go look at it, then you can do that. So it's at your own pace on your own timetable. And the other thing uh, that's important about it, it from a salesperson side, and I'm always thinking of this from what I would do if I was uh, selling, um, it gives you the opportunity to finish a call, right? Have a call with your client, client asks some questions. You do the immediate research, the response to the question, you produce a video and you send it to them and you've done the follow-up that was expected and that you promised you should finish your sales call by figuring out what the client needs uh, it, it, it what's necessary to move the client forward to the next step. Right. And so you get on that, you make the short uh, user-generated video, and you send that to your client. And now you've kept your promise as a sales professional to respond to the client. And they don't have to read a wall of text. Right, exactly. And also uh, they can open it at their own pace. Right. The only thing that you can do and that you should do, and it provides the feature it, for it, is uh, follow-up emails that say, oh, hey, and it's there's no guilt involved. I sent you, you know, that information you asked for. What did you think? Or even a text. To yeah. Kind of yeah, like, exactly. Depending on what is their preferred method of communication. If, you know, 
if they communicate with you a lot by text, then you communicate back that way. And, and you, you, you say, I sent you an email. You send that by text so that they go, oh, I better go check my email. So it was interesting that in the research, research report, they, they had this statement, even though that there's a return to business as usual, video uptick is growing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, disagree with that slightly. I think the definition of business as usual has changed, changed as a result of the pandemic. Business as usual is me... Uh, hopping an airplane from Washington to, to Atlanta to go in and make it a, have a, having made an appointment with my client, visiting with my client at that point in time. And that, that was business as usual prior to the pandemic. That's business as usual is completely redefined as a result of the pandemic. Your buyer is more open to remote, remote communication via Zoom or any of the other uh, video communications products. Um, and so this is a, a way to expand on that without having to go through the expense uh, of, of travel. Uh, because travel can be very expensive. That's that, that affects your bottom line, and and so I think the definition of quote business as usual unquote has changed over time. Yeah, <clears throat> and everybody everybody learned to adopt a new way of doing business that is more convenient, uh, more on your own timetable, and you don't have to travel, and you don't have to worry about spreading germs, and you know there's so many good things that we learned about doing business in this way uh -huh. that we are willing to give up the few things like being in person and being able to shake somebody's hand because we can still see in your eyes, you know, we can still have a conversation and we can still do business over the internet. And one of the other things I noticed about these conversations that are in real time on uh, using one of the telecommunication communications tools is that they tend to be shorter, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Everybody yeah. wants to get to the point, get to what the next steps are, or deliver what they're requiring, and then you move on. So mm -hmm. I think that's the other advantage to Oh, this. yeah, absolutely. Because when you're talking, <clears throat> you tend to, you know, throw in some stories. You repeat yourself a lot. Can um, I get you some coffee? There's there's a whole lot of extra yeah. Yeah, uh, niceties and small talk and blah, 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 yeah. that when you're making a video... You go right to the point, you say what you need to say, and you're done, and then you send it. And the person, of course, people nowadays, they don't want to watch a 20-minute video if they can, you know, handle it in a five-minute video, mm -hmm. right? I, yeah. I'll, I'll spend five minutes watching your video, and, and that's we're going to talk it. about that. And then, and then they know that so, so that they keep things short and to the point. Um, where if you've ever been to meeting after meeting at a company... Uh, in a corporation, you know, it could be a, a long day of a lot of wasted time. Mm -hmm. But if you're just opening up an email and somebody tells you exact information you needed in five minutes, what a time savings is that? And and if you need at any time, and I'm going to cover this last bullet, customers prefer buying remotely uh, and won't snap back. I agree with that. I think uh, again, the business as usual model has changed. Uh, and if you want to follow it, if you want to see what people are doing, even though you may be in a B2B or B2G business, look at what the B2C online businesses are doing, like Amazon. Um, Amazon, you can appreciate for a lot of reasons in that they have the retail model down very well, but they're constantly exploring other avenues for satisfying customer needs for um for uh, information about the product. That's why there's the stars rating. That's why there's the Q&A rating. That's why customers who have the product can make a video and post it to uh, whatever that product is. Uh, artificial reality uh, is another way that they're using it. Put on your goggles and you can see how that chair looks in your room. You know, you don't have to put it, actually, you don't have to even look at it on your phone. Uh, but so they're using all these tools. So a good way to for you to figure out exactly where this technology lies at any given point in time and how you can use it or how you can expand upon your current utilization of that is watch the big retailers like Amazon, Target, Walmart, etc. <clears throat> so how has video done over this time period? Um, it is and has become one of the most important tools uh, for people that are in sales and people that are in marketing. Now, uh, in the marketing realm, they tend to use 
produced videos versus user-generated videos, meaning we pay somebody to produce a video that does promotional, that promotes us in some way or the other. But if you look at some of those produced videos, they very rapidly start looking like they were like they were designed. They were designed to look like they were user-generated videos. So they're probably actors, but the actors are looking straight at the camera and saying, "This medicine that I take helps my brain work better. You should try it too." And here's my wife; she's taking it too. And see what a nice person she is. It's the equivalent of a user-generated video, but in a much more um, uh, elegantly produced model. So. Uh, uh, when you talk to sellers and marketeers, they believe that 93%, uh, a new percentage, this is Vidyard's research, by the way, believe that video converts the same as or better than other forms of content. Now, what that means basically is there's a great big difference between a user looking at a user-generated, a seller-generated video on their smartphone versus, and I just got one this morning, I should have brought it in, versus a pamphlet that you get in the U.S. mail. Because honestly, once I see those bars across the bottom of the mail, I don't, I don't pay attention to it. I just put it in the trash because it's a user. It, it, it's sent to me by a company that the only thing they know about me is my address. They don't know anything else about me um, except what apparently Alexa tells them because who knows what Alexa is doing out there. And then uh, teams of all sizes are follow, folding video into their core operations. So what we mean by that is there are small businesses of 10 or fewer employees, medium-sized businesses from 200 to 1,000 employees, large businesses with greater than 1,000 employees. And all of them are looking for ways to make their sellers, their, their salespeople more efficient by using this kind of technology to make them that more efficient. And I'm, I'm telling you, I have... Uh, three of my daughters, three of my children are uh, work for high tech companies and and they work from home. Erica spends a little bit more time on the road visiting her clients, but all their work is from their home offices using these kinds of tools, whether it is online real time telecommunications or these user generated uh, videos. Now, not only do we Oops. see that um, as um, uh, not only do we see that from marketers and sellers, but we're also seeing it right now a lot with political campaigns, uh, their ads that they're putting out. If you look at their ads on YouTube um, or television, you're going to see a lot of them do look like user-generated content. People saying, you know, so-and-so did such-and-such -such for me, and I, you know, and because of that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I even saw one recently that was supposed to look like this is what's happening in a typical family in the future if we keep going the way we're going and it was it looked like somebody had shot it with their cell phone mm -hmm. um you know although it was you know a a scenario that was created with actors um it looked like somebody was shooting it standing in this person's house with their cell phone, police come to the door, you know, back and forth, and here's what's happening. Very dramatic and very useful uh, for changing people's minds. And uh, like Toby said, 93% believe video converts. There's that conversion, uh, the same or better than other forms of content, which is why uh, people who are campaigning are using video primarily. Uh, of course, they're still using the traditional stuff, the, the mails, you know, the, the regular mail and, um, you know, putting up signs in the, in the yards. But I think that they find the most effective is those videos. Um, I'm going to go back to this screen in just a minute. So let's talk about our findings uh, as we read through the report. By the way, I will post the link to this report in the description box below. So if you want to download it, it's about a 30 page report, but it's very informative uh, if this is of any interest to you. So um, it, the first uh, conclusion uh, we drew from this, uh, actually the first finding that we drew from this was that overall video creation as opposed to video production, and I'm, I'll make that distinction one more time for you, increased by 178% um, in uh, uh, 2021. That's a significant percentage of any technology uh, being used, right? So when somebody says we increased our, our use of uh, the video conferencing by 20, 25% last year, you'd think that was a big number. 
right? That's a number of hours, people not having to travel to make communications. They used video to, uh, video conferencing to do that. 178% is even more significant. That means if you had uh, 100 hours um, that you were that you had in user-generated video, you've increased that by to 178 hours for every person in your business that's uh, responsible for selling or marketing. So that's a significant number in 2021. And to the best of our knowledge, although the report hasn't been completed, that's increased again in 2022. So these are people adopting this technology as a as a realistic way to reach out to their clients and move them through whatever their particular sales process is, Shelley? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so key takeaway number two, 80% of all videos created in 2021 were user generated versus 60% in 2020. Now, I want to make a point here that this is very much in the context of the Vidyard world, their model, right? So when they refer to videos that are being uploaded to their site, 80% of them are user generated, meaning, meaning I'm using a screen capture tool and I've got my little face down in the corner, like, like we're doing right now. This is what we're doing right now, although we're live streaming, this is a user generated video as opposed to 60% in 2020. So that's a 20% year over year increase in people using this technology to communicate with their uh, sales or with their uh, prospective sales clients. You know, once you have all of the things in place, once you've adopted it, then you just continue to increase the amount that you're using it. Yeah. And I noticed that um, that uh, Vidyard actually offers an onboarding process. So if you have a group of salespeople that you want to test this on, uh, you know, you instead of making calls, I want you to use this technology. They do an onboarding process and give them literally a free trial in order to use it as you would if you were selling remotely versus selling in face-to-face uh, -face and in uh, real time. So uh, key takeaway number three, uh, it increased across the business spectrum. So you would expect this to take place in high-tech companies, and indeed it was 113%, but look at the number for retail, which grew 231%. So retail doesn't necessarily mean you have salespeople who are accustomed to traveling. Retail has tra traditionally been a face-to-face -face business, uh, but this is a way for uh, clients, and all you have to do is say, walk into Target, and at some point in your engagement with Target, whether it's them talking to you at home, you ordering online, you going into a store, sooner or later, they're going to ask for your email address. That email address is what gives them the ability to start communicating with you. Because once they have their email address, they can have literally the retail clerk with whom you communicated at your last purchase in the, in the uh, Target in Rio Rancho, make a video and send it to your email saying, hey, by the way, um, I noticed that you were you bought several of these, but we have a sale on them this weekend. So if you want to buy sale, uh, if you want to buy more of them, this would be the good time to do it. You're going to start getting those emails if you haven't already from your retail uh, sell the people. Well, that I, think, I, I would think more luxury type items. Like if, if you're trying to buy a car online, yeah. for instance, yeah. you're going to you know work with somebody who could make those videos for you, answer all your questions about the particular vehicle you're looking for, whether it's in stock, what color it is, all the features that you want. And you can make the entire purchase online using something like this. Well, I, I didn't make my entire purchase online. I pretty much closed the deal right up until the signing for my last car, but I got videos from the salesperson who said they were the web salesperson, got your video, got your information. We have several products that fit for you. You may like this one, handheld phone shot. Uh, and then uh, when I when I responded to that, they turned me over to a sales professional. Aha, uh -huh. see? So there it does. But the point that I'm trying to make is that if, whether you're doing it, if you're not getting them from their target person, the, the last person you dealt with at your rear rancher target store, you will eventually get those kinds of emails. It does it while it is mostly for what I don't know that a car is necessarily a luxury big ticket item. Yeah, big ticket rather yeah. than a small item because right. with the smaller stores, 
with the stores selling smaller ticket items like Target, you're, they are looking more towards um, automation. Mm -hmm. uh, I have the Target Circle app. I type in my phone number when I'm checking mm -hmm. out so that they keep track of my points. So when I went to and they know my birthday because I've I signed up for the app in 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 the account in the circle, uh, Target Circle. So they know my birthday. So they sent me a five percent coupon for my birthday. Well, I would access the app to uh, put that in my Target wallet. Okay, so when I went shopping for my birthday, not only did I have my five percent coupon, but I had my savings that I've added up throughout the year when I typed my phone number in each time I checked out at Target. This is all on me it's all very automated but they're keeping track of everything that i buy they're giving me some like i had 14 dollars and 50 cents worth of um, credits that i had earned throughout the year because i was typing my phone number in so i added that onto my five percent and you know i saved quite a bit of money shopping at target for my birthday and it gave me that experience but it was all on me uh, very I even checked myself out you know did the whole scanning and and showing my card to the uh, to the scanner and all of that was on me so I don't know that we're going to see video in that way because they are trying to make that automated to in order to be com um, competitive and convenient they do also have pickup and they have the online experience so with the online experience you might get more of this type of a of a interaction but I don't see it happening in the smaller ticket item type stores, just more for, you know, like cars and boats and uh, things that are more luxury or high ticket. I will make you a bet on that. I'll bet you $10. Eventually, you'll get, <laughs> you'll get a video from a person at your local retail outlet. Maybe not this year. Maybe not this year. Maybe from, you know, a higher end. But, but, but store. we just made a bit. We just made a bit. It's 10 bucks. Okay. All right. Sooner or later. Uh, let's say within the next three years. How's that? Uh -huh. You just stretch that out to where no, neither of us will remember. <laughs> <laughs> communications. Uh, the, uh, so the communications industry, of course, it makes sense. They're the big users, uh, the biggest user of all this technology. They've increased their util the utilization of user generated videos for sales and marketing uh, by 600. 600 plus percent. So you're going to expect that from them. They get it. Uh, key takeaway number four, uh, it applies to small companies. So we're talking about um, companies under 200, although small could mean somebody as small as Shelly and I, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, so they've increased the number by 81%. And again, it's rational to think about it because they're the ones least likely to be able to afford exorbitant travel expenses. And that's the other thing that happened during this period. Uh, you know, at some point, the car that your sales professional used to rent for $39 a day, including insurance, jumped literally to $205 a day. Uh, and so the cost of you doing business increased as a result because, sure, you, you don't pay taxes on those business expenses, but it, it takes it right off your bottom line. That's money that you have to reimburse so that they can pay enterprise that you don't get back. So if you can reduce that, the effect of the cost of sales on your bottom line by using this technology, why not? Since, since these costs are, for small businesses, a bigger per percentage of their expenses than it is for the big companies. That, that doesn't mean that big companies don't spend money too, but when it comes to a smaller company, I mean, when Shelly and I travel, I have to look at it from the perspective of, is this business expense worth the cost of the travel? And in the end, we have to, we always look at it from what, how can we leverage this, right? Uh, and uh, we get to the point where you say, we just, it's just not going it, to, it, we can't do the travel because uh, it's not going to make any sense financially. So but the good news is that video gives small business owners like us like you, the ability to compete with those larger companies, yeah. uh, we can, you know, we can access video as easily as they can. And sometimes easier because we don't have to get approval from somebody, you know, a supervisor, a manager, mm -hmm. or, uh, somebody above us on whatever we're sending out. We just, we know what we believe in and we send that out. So it's a lot quicker for us to, t to have a turnaround on that. Key takeaway number five, large and uh, medium businesses. So the key takeaway was um, that they're focusing on 
uh, video creation. They're moving away from external video creation to internal uh, resources. Small businesses are concentrating on internal video creation. So big businesses, again, have the marketing budget to say, okay, and all you have to do is turn on your TV or whatever channel you get your uh uh, information from, and you're going to see advertising. And that advertising was produced by companies that were hired by the companies who owned those products in order to do that. But they're, they're just as often using this technology as smaller companies and uh, vice versa. Well, not only that, but it, fewer and fewer people are watching television, you know, and we're spread out on wh how we take in information. A lot of people take it in on YouTube. A lot of people take it in on social media uh, sites and then there's television and then there's you know one thing after another there's podcasts there's all kinds of ways you can get information so uh, reaching out to those influencers or having your employees your salespeople make these videos make this user-generated content is not only more personal but you're more likely to connect with the customer that you are targeting rather than just a blanket uh, ad for everybody. So, and and you can see it in the way that uh, people are using it, uh, companies are using it. So, I have a, uh, a version of YouTube called YouTube Premium. One of the benefits of YouTube Premium is I don't have to watch advertising before, during, or after the videos. It takes all those away. But I've noticed more and more of the videos that I do watch, whether it's camping, fishing, boating, uh, cameras, what, whatever it is, uh, I've noticed that those users, in order to grow their channels, have established relationships with vendors. So when they say, I'm trying out this Pocket 2 or whatever new technology, they say, DJI sent me this product. I have to return it. And they didn't pay me for it. But I want you to know that this entire 15 to 20 minute video is the equivalent of a promotion for uh, for uh, DJI's new product. No, they're sponsoring uh, they're, they're, And they have to note it. YouTube requires you to make a mention that if you have one of these situations, you have to announce that this video is being sponsored, whether or not you're making money at it, whether or not you're making money at it, uh, that you have some sort of relationship with the person whose product is in this video. So more and more people are moving away from the advertising model. Now, you can't get away from it if you're watching even cable television when you look at like wireless television, the old style of uh, television, they're still mostly, you know, I think it's 42% uh, of a one hour show, 28% is going to be advertising of the, of the one hour show. So, and it's, and it's comparable for half hour shows. So you're still going to see a lot of advertising uh, and people are finding ways to turn that off. They're paying the premium prices. That's why there's a Discovery Plus, Discovery Plus more than anything else, besides providing you uh, access to premium content, also is premium content without advertising. So they've got to get to you another way. And mm -hmm. this, is, this is for both big and small businesses, ways to reach you uh, as these uh, channels get progressively smaller uh, uh, for them in terms of their advertising capabilities. Common video types. Uh, so it makes sense that you could start identifying the types of videos that make sense using this model. Number one, brand videos. Here's who we are. Uh, live videos. Here's what we look like when we talk directly to you. And product videos. Now, that to me makes all kinds of sense. But I also like them for uh, social, uh, not social communication, but for sales communication. So sales communication videos actually take a little bit of each one of those brand live and product videos and and show them to you the brand tells you i'm coming from a particular company in this case agk media uh uh, uh agk media llc uh, uh that you're seeing me live you're actually dealing with a live person and i'm getting to talk about my product we provide live streaming service podcasting etc cetera, etc cetera. so it takes advantage of all three of those and they were distributed on channels that tended to be uh, sales, uh, social media channels, say sales prospecting and conversations, meaning that's they, they put that all in one category and customer conversations and support. So, um, and I'm going to give you a, an example of the latter. So uh, we just had an accident with one of our video production products. Uh, I sent it to the, I filled out the form, sent it to the um, uh, company that uh, uh, provided me the product. 
they went through a process that required them me to contact them by filling out forms at the beginning. Then they contacted me via emails that, that were pretty good about letting me know at what step we've, we found out today that the product has been repaired. Although I think what they did was just send me a new one because the serial numbers didn't match and it was coming back that entire time. I never spoke with anyone. I didn't chat with anyone. I didn't speak with anyone. I didn't exchange videos with anyone. And so it leaves you in a situation while you, where you're always wondering whenever they sent me an email, I always, and, and of course it's one of those emails that say no reply, right? We're just, this is an information out video. But at the end of each, I'm sorry, uh, email, at the end of each one of them, I had a question. And so I always felt a short conversation could resolve that. And I've learned to do that. Here's another example. Uh, I had an appointment at the VA yesterday. It requires me to derive 45 minutes from where I am to the VA hospital, then have my appointment to drive 45 minutes back. So every, every one hour appointment turns into a two and a half hour adventure. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, what they did is yesterday morning, they called me and they said we're, that we've gone to a higher level code orange of COVID because I guess they're experiencing more, uh, more uh, COVID cases. And so we'd like to do a telecall. I said, great. So they called me at the appointed time. Actually, they were late, but I'm not going to complain about that. The entire call took 15 minutes. So that was 15 minutes out of my day that I was willing to have a conversation with someone so that we could resolve any issues. And it was a kind of the same old thing. I do this every six months. And they said, well, great. We're, you know, we're glad to hear everything is. We'll do a follow-up. We'll send you a follow-up note, et cetera, et cetera. And it was done. There was no driving, you know, showering, getting ready, driving, one hour thing while you're waiting in the waiting room. It was just like, okay, the phone rang. We did our little conversation and then I was done for the day. Yeah. This model, this model of not wasting your time, a seller not wasting your time is going to become more and more prominent. They're going to find ways to communicate with you, assuming it's agreeable. I think that's the key to all this. You have to be, if you're a party to this, you have to agree to it meaning you want to buy from this company. I needed a truck. I knew who I wanted to buy. I knew what truck I wanted. I knew where I wanted to buy it. Shelly will tell you I'm, I make these big, I don't know if you call them big decisions, but I don't take a lot of time with these decisions once I've made up my mind to do it. So the faster you work with me, the better. And one of those is, as you probably know, buying a car, going through the sales process can be very painful. They seem to make it that way. With me, it's done online. I show up to sign papers and I leave. And that's the way it should be for everything. And it's going to progressively get more and more like that where you minimize your communications with the vendor uh, because you both know what you want, not what they want to sell you, but that you both know what you want and they can either satisfy it or not. And it's a real easy decision on your part. And it's a real easy uh, decision for them. Now, they're not going to stop. Oh, you really should. Let me get back to you. Let me try. Are you sure you don't want? They will do that. But it makes it a lot easier for you to say, nope, I already said no. Thank you. Here's, I'll respond to this email. And I'm very polite about these follow-ons where they, they say, hey, uh, we noticed you came by our car, car dealership and you saw another vehicle. Um, and they, and so you all, you have to do is write them and say, ah, sorry guys, I bought another vehicle on Saturday from another company. Thanks for staying in touch because someday you may want to go back to that company and buy another vehicle. Right. Uh, and this is a model that's becoming progressively more who imagined just five years ago that you could buy, you could close a deal on a car entirely online. And they did give me the option of signing the papers online. But I felt like I want to go in, touch the car before I actually sign papers, make sure it had all the features that I want. It's actually a truck, not a car. Uh, but I could have done it all online had I trusted somehow or the other that it was exactly the vehicle that I wanted. So, Why is that important for people of in their second half of life? Uh, many people in the older age group who did not grow up with cell phones, did not grow up with computers, um, and have a hard time with that transition. Uh, they are kind of caught up in this uh, 
you know, in the middle of this. Uh, they want to have all of this convenience where they can do everything from home, but maybe they don't quite understand the technology, how to get set up. <clears throat> this is something that I did for my mom. Toby and I went over to my mom's house and we set up a, a, a studio there. Now they have high-speed internet. They have a computer set up. They have a camera set up. They have lighting. And when she has to do her medical appointments online, she's set up for that. So she doesn't have to go in to see the doctor, which can be right now a, an ordeal because she is um, wheelchair bound right now. So uh, it could be more of an ordeal. So setting up a studio in your home takes half a day. It can be done. It can be done very easily as long as you're willing to adopt that into your lifestyle. And then you have now opened up your horizons for all of these new conveniences where people can deal with you uh, online. They can make videos for you to answer your questions. You can see the doctor online. All of these things are now open to you. So if this is something that you want in your own home, please contact us, reach out, let us know. I need a home studio. I need something set up where I can do this type of thing as well. What do you think? I think you're really smart. Yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> we should mention that when Shelly says we went over to her mom's house, wasn't the drive across the street. It was actually a trip to uh, Arizona to the uh, next state. The next over, day. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was worth it to, it, you know, it made us very happy to be able to help them in this way because they were behind the times. And as you guys know, if you followed it, Shelly spent a month, about a month, six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. With her That's at her mom's week. house, getting them through the post, uh, you know, hospitalization and rehabilitation into, uh, into coming into her new home and being able to use these uh, technologies that they have available to them to help them get through this. Takeaway number seven, average video length. Here's something that surprised me because over the over the life of my video online production, uh, I've watched uh, watch time shrink mm. for years and years to the point that I kept saying, if you're producing a video longer than three minutes, nobody's gonna watch any most of it anyway. Uh, but last year, the uh, uh, video creation for user-generated videos went up to almost 10, it's nine minutes and 58 seconds. They should have said 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, the second year in a row where the video length went up. What, what that tells me is that means your prospective buyer is willing to watch your video if not only is it well-produced enough, because if it doesn't have good production values, they're not going to watch it. Their expectation is that you use these technologies to produce high-quality videos, even if it is the equivalent of a sales call. So that's the first thing. But they're also willing to listen to it from an information perspective. So here's what I'm going to recommend. If you find yourself in a place where you have to communicate with one of your buyers, uh, using these technologies because you can't make the trip and they can't make the trip or they don't want to make the trip, make sure, number one, you're using the highest possible video production values that you can afford. Now, uh, Vidyard has a free package where you can get up to 25 videos. Um, and, and again, I'll put that link in the description box below so you guys can show it. But what it guarantees you is that if you have lights, audio equipment, and a camera, and this doesn't need to be a big expense anymore, that they'll give you the tools, the cloud-based tools necessary to produce and edit a good video when it's this kind of video. Uh, that's the first thing. So that's up to you from the technology perspective. Perspective, it, it isn't rocket science. It requires a conversation and maybe some help selecting things. Uh, but, and, and like Shelly said, if there's companies out there that are trying to move towards this technology and you're unsure what to invest in, let us know. We consult in that area. Uh, but the second thing is they're expecting information. They're not expecting a bunch of data. Here's, I pulled, I ripped the window sticker off the card. It has one, two, three, four, and five. And here's the price. They're not expecting that. What they're expecting is the beginning of a conversation between you and them regarding what you want out of this uh, experience or this relationship. And that's how it should sound to them. 
it should sound conversational, it should sound knowledgeable, and it should pro provide information, not data. And we, as you know, because of what we do and what I did, we make the distinction between data, information, and intelligence. I information and intelligence are the same, although they come from different perspectives. They are the same in that they should stimulate some sort of action. They are actionable. So at the end of this conversation, we should provide you the information necessary for you to take some kind of action, not just give you a bunch of statistics, which <coughs> if you, uh, excuse me, <coughs> if I keep talking and I don't take advantage that I wasn't smart enough to get a glass of water, I deserve my throat going dry. Um, so information is different from just reading a bunch of statistics. And we could have taken the report, put the pages up there, read you the numbers from it, and you wouldn't know any more about this technology than you did at the beginning of the presentation. This way, we're providing you, and you'll see when we get to a our conclusions and recommendations, that we will provide you some recommendations. That's information that you can take action uh, upon. So? Yep. Yep. Uh, takeaway number eight, video length. When controlling all video lengths, 50% of viewers watch the video all the way to the end, which is pretty good. I mean, think about the number of times mm. that you've done that. And I think that the pandemic helped us to increase our, our ability to sit through videos longer, but it also uh, in, inspired the people making the videos to have better production values, to be more interesting, to uh, connect more deeply with the viewer. And uh, so they're watching, a higher percentage of them are watching longer videos. A significant percentage of them, 62%, watched 60 second videos all the way through. And that's why there's uh, products on YouTube, they call it shorts, TikTok videos of one minute, uh, Instagram videos they call stories, all of which are 60 second long, uh, 60 seconds in length or less. And you'll see that companies who advertise it on those different platforms take advantage of that short uh, form video in order to promote their products to you. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the ones that I see on Instagram start with a uh, the equivalent of a square slide. Here's the product we want to talk about. If you need more information, click this button and you're immediately taken outside to another video uh, outside of the platform. So that's one of the things to consider when you're talking about these things. Promotional videos, 60 seconds or less. Conversational videos, up to 10 minutes because they'll watch up to 10 minutes. Likely will not watch the entirety of a 25-minute video. Shall I? It says, conversely, only 26% finished a video over 20 minutes long. So that might inform us to get to the point, keep our uh, videos short. And if we have more than one thing to talk about, perhaps split that off into two separate videos. Another thing we can think about is, could I, uh, could I do this message better in a podcast format? Because people will listen to longer podcasts because they can multitask. They can listen while they're doing some other type of uh, work with their hands or going for a walk or whatever. So think about the length of the videos that you're making. How much uh, information? Is it information overload? Are you focusing on way too many things? Um, try to keep it around less than 20 minutes long. 10 minutes long is a good good length. And another thing to think about, as Shelly mentioned it, another thing to think about is the information itself, not only the length, but is it the kind of information that if I were to go for a walk, and wanted to put this on, hopefully we're doing it in a way that you can listen to this in a podcast style and not have to be referring to the screen. And that's why we try to make our screenshots very simple. And you'll see Shelly goes through the trouble of reading uh, most of the, the uh, content on the screen at some point during the time that screen is up so that you don't have to turn to the screen in order to get that information. Something you should consider as well. Will they listen to it podcast style, not having to refer to the screen, or will they be in front of a some sort of communications device like their smartphone, um, tablet, uh, laptop, or desktop, and they'll be able to see the slides. Key takeaway, last one, key takeaway number nine, video analytics. So we are big fans of analyzing uh, platform analytics. Does that make sense? We're, we're big fans of using the analytics that are provided to us by each plan for platform. So um, companies are start, starting to use those analytics as viable 
uh, information. A lot of it comes in the form of data. They're getting more sophisticated, but they provide information about what your customer is doing. In our case, we know that 80% of our, uh, of uh, in one of our uh, YouTube channels, 80% of our viewers are male. Another, uh, the other 20% are female. So we know how to configure that content so that it addresses the needs of both, but primarily since most of our viewers are male. The question we have to ask ourselves is, how much do we wanna change our content in order to increase the number of females that watch our events? We're better off at this point making a separate channel like this one, which is more 50-50 uh, than 80-20. Uh, um, but some form have started some form of those businesses have started using those analytics to make decisions about what they're delivering, what kind of content they're delivering uh, to their uh, users. The most popular form of analytics were video performance analytics, which makes a lot of sense. The in-video calls to action, meaning how did they respond to what you were doing, uh, and the channel performance analytics. Now. In some cases, and I'll give YouTube as an example, video performance analytics and channel performance analytics, there's plenty of information on that. YouTube doesn't provide you for a call to action uh, unless you do it, for example, by saying it in your video. Uh, you know, Shelly has posted the link down here to her new course. That is not connected to our YouTube channel. That's actually takes you out of the YouTube channel. And we do have analytics for that, for that particular landing page, but it's not connected to uh, the YouTube channel, one of the benefits of using one of these cloud apps like uh, Vidyard is they enable you to put a call to incorporate a call to action in the video. And then you can track that information in your Vidyard analytics. How many people opened the video? How long did, what was the average length of watch time? And what did they do when it came to the call to action? Did they respond to the call to action? Did they then download the course or whatever it happens to be? So that's one of the benefits of using these tools because not only do they provide you analytics that most of the other video platforms provide you, they provide you additional analytics that the other video platforms can't provide you unless you're paying for the advertising. So if you're on Instagram and you advertise your product, uh, you, you have an Instagram post that it's an ad advertisement for your product, then you'll get that information as part of your company's analytics. But if you're doing it on your own email, your own company's email, uh, the email product that you're using, if it's just a simple Gmail, won't do that. You have to have a specialized email product that enables you to do that. Vidyard enables to do very similar uh, perform very similar functions in the video realm rather than the uh, email realm. Shall we? So just use this information. If you're just a small uh, business or entrepreneur, you can just say, you know, well, I, I'm going to grow my YouTube channel and talk about what it is, what services and products I provide. And each video, you can analyze each video, you can analyze your channel and those calls to action can be, you know, to take them to your website, for instance. Um, if you're a influencer and you're growing a large enough audience, then YouTube gives you the ability to put products on your page that people can click on and go buy. They can join your membership. Uh, there's a lot of little extra things that you can sell if you're an influencer on YouTube. Conclusions. So uh, the analytics person in me tells me video hasn't yet peaked when communicating seller to buyer. Uh, it still has room to grow. And it is not in lieu of real-time tele-video or video conferencing. It doesn't replace that entirely, but it, it is an adjunct and a very usable technology in order to maintain a high level of communications with your uh, client. Um, video either enhances or improves the online buying experience, uh, whether it's real-time or it is post real time, meaning I've created a video and I'm sending you a video via email. As usual, one of the conclusions we've come to is timely, consistently user-generated video are worthwhile investments. Meaning that it, you know, when you hear us talk about how to manage your YouTube channel, channel we say uh, produce your content timely and regularly and make, it, make sure it's high quality. The same set of criteria apply to user-generated video like this. And then uh, analytics will play uh, a big role in understanding your 
ROI from your return on investment when it comes to the investment you've made in funding and using these technologies as part of your uh, sales process. Shelly? So video is a major part a major part of your content marketing plan. For us, uh, we have a live video first content marketing plan. So once you've made the video, you now have several types of content. You have the video, you have the audio, you have uh, the text that uh, you can transcribe, and you have images that you can take screen caps or create slides or graphs for the video. Those are also images that you can then use as part of your content marketing. So uh, keep this in mind that you can compete with any size company by doing a video first content marketing uh, strategy. Recommendations, go ahead. Find the video able opportunities in your business. Of course <laughs> you can do what we do, right? You, we go live every week and we share information that is of use to people who could be our target clients, uh, people who might wanna work with us. You can do the same thing. So the question you have to ask in the context of Videoable is where could you apply these strategies in your business? Does it make sense to uh, put it into your sales organization? Does it make sense to put it into your, or how does it make sense rather to put it into your marketing organization? Does it make sense to put it into your customer support organization? I'll go back to the example I gave you. It would have been a lot cooler if I had gotten a short video from one of the people working on on the product that uh, that I sent them to repair, if they made a sixty second video saying, "A, we got your product. B, we're in the process of reviewing the problem, and C, we'll send you another video when we've made that decision." Less than sixty seconds, and I could have seen a face, and I could have been more comfortable. And if I had wanted to, they they could have put a call to action there that said, respond to this video. None of that happened. So it left me in a place like, what's going on, right? So you have to look at it. Where can I, where can I use these things? Can I use, obviously, you can always use it in sales. You can use it to a lesser extent in marketing because marketing is about mass, right? As many as marketing is, you, you don't target an individual. You target all individuals in your prospective market segment. Uh, but I always thought there was a possibility for this when it comes to customer support, because when you're returning products, you want to have some sort of relationship with that person that's dealing with getting your product taken care of. And it's and it's only of use to you. So if, yeah. if somebody's returning a product to you and you have that product and you say, I'm so sorry this didn't work out for you, can you tell me about what went wrong? You can learn so much about how to improve your products or how to uh, better uh, style your outreach, your ads, your sales copy so that you hit the, you know, the right notes with people so they understand what they're getting in the first place so they're not dissatisfied. Or um, maybe some product that you have needs repair or it needs uh, something is going wrong with a lot of people. Now, it's not fun to sit there and listen to complaints, but it is a lot of great information where you can then take that and improve your products and it will help you rise to the next level as a business. Um, and and you may end up being able to sell that person something that will work for them. So you have an opportunity for an upsell or a downsell or something uh, where you continue that relationship with that person to the, then they, they purchase from you in the future. They stay a customer. And one thing that I find, um, I don't want to say frustrating. It's not It's not quite the level of frustration. Is that when I decide to return something, it's a decision that I've made, not out of malice, not out of, it just didn't work for me. And on Amazon, I get the opportunity to select from a list. What I've discovered is that the list of how many ever items it is never has the reason that I'm actually returning this product. Because the return for me is a more sophisticated uh, decision that may not be true of everybody else. But imagine if uh, instead of checking off some boxes, uh, I get a response that said, we, we uh, processed your return. I, I just wanted to, you're getting this from um, me as an individual. What? <laughs> Go ahead, take over for me. All right. 
So we are closing out the show anyway. So okay, go ahead. Um, let me just say, do we have Hold any on more slides? So that's the end of our presentation. And uh, we just wanted to let you know that Sorry, this, this report, you okay? Uh, <laughs> this report reinforces what we teach uh, to use video, video first, to apply it as early and often in your business as possible, and to reach out to your customers um, all throughout the customer journey with video. And that is going to only increase your, um, your sales, your customer satisfaction, your reputation, everything that goes along with that. It's going to make it better for you. So please do consider using video in your business. And if we can help you with that, we can uh, talk you through anything, set up a consultation with us um, at consulting.agkmedia.studio. It's a free consultation. We're happy to listen to your vision, walk you through all of the steps necessary to make it come true. And uh, we can help you to make it happen as well. So thank you so much for um, watching and listening to messages and methods today. And I'm just going to close on the banner and we will see you again next week. We have a guest um, who will be on to talk with us and, and give us some great advice and, and uh, little tidbits of information. We look forward to that. And we will see you again next week. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.